Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. This is not Ethan Skolnick. Uh, I am your host for the night or the day or whenever you're listening to this, Greg Sylvander. Ethan has the night off. Uh, joining me is um, Alex Toledo and Brady Hawk. And the floor plan, obviously I am not doing this the way Ethan does, but we're going to get through this. The floor plan is we are going to explore the 2020 NBA draft as it relates to the guard prospects. We want to kind of break down some of the players that may be available when Miami picks at 20, uh, the guys we like, the guys maybe we don't like, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, and just kind of unpack uh, the different guard prospects that are out there as that is an ever important position in the game of basketball. Um, so without, with no further ado, let's just dive right in. Um, the, the first guy that I had on my list, because he's one of the players that's getting so much buzz as we head into the draft, um, is Kyra Lewis Jr., a sophomore out of Alabama. Um, I think it's pretty unlikely he's there at 20. Uh, I guess, Alex, I'll start with you. Have you watched him at all? And what are your thoughts about him as a prospect? Man. Honestly, Kyra Lewis is really interesting to me because uh, I think the most wide-regarded talent he has is being really, really fast. And I think that's obviously just always an interesting one to have, especially when you're talking about somebody who you could potentially grab at 20. Even though I agree with you, it doesn't seem like he's going to be available when they're when the Heat are picking there. But uh, just that's not something that you can teach, man. And the guy is a good playmaker, maybe not elite, but he's a good playmaker and can get to the rim you know, has a pull-up game. So I think he's kind of somebody who you look at and look at the fact that, you know, I think he's got some defensive upside as well and be like, okay, this is somebody who who is a two-way prospect and who probably won't play next season, on, you know, unless something happens with Kendrick Nunn or, God forbid, Goran doesn't resign, which doesn't seem likely at this point. So I think it's a, it's actually, it's a pretty high up uh, talent-wise when you're just talking about comparing him to the other guards available. He's probably top three there when it comes to just overall talent and skill. And uh, I, I want to hear more about what Brady has to think about it. I mean, has to say about it just because I think where he ranks among other guards is kind of can kind of go both ways, depending on who you hear from. Well, I think on, on this list that we're going to be talking about possible guards for the heat, I think he's clearly one um, for a bunch of the reasons that you guys were mentioning. Uh, the on-ball defense is probably a big one. Um, you guys mentioned his speed, and that's going to be a big thing on the defensive end. Uh, he's very fast, um, but obviously offensively with the ball, he attacks. Um, I think the guy we talked – like you guys were talking about before, um, possibly joining Miami, is De'Aaron Fox. I think you kind of see a little bit of that in him just with the speed with the ball in his hands. Um, and if they were not going to go that route, obviously, and get Fox, why not go in the draft and get a type of player like him with that type of upside? Um, and cheaper, obviously. So I think he's probably the best option um, out of the guys we're going to talk about. You guys mentioned his jumper. Um, I think one of the big things that his downfall is probably his strength, um, but we all know that that's usually not an issue. Miami will fix that in no time um, upon arrival. So um, I think if, if he's sitting there in the draft, I think Miami would definitely take a long look at selecting him because there's not many – guys with that type of talent that you pass up on. I agree. I mean, I think that's another player comp I heard. And I think De'Aaron Fox is an interesting one I hadn't thought about. I heard uh, Dennis Schroeder, and I thought that that was an interesting comp for for Kyra Lewis. And and But you're, you're right about his strength and his size. He will get hunted immediately via switches because he is small. So you're, you are absolutely correct in that from a physical standpoint, he would be uh, a bit of a prospect, uh, project, whereas from a skill standpoint, he's not a project as much. So it would be interesting to see how Miami would balance that. Um, the, ne the next guy we'll dive into here is uh, a personal favorite of mine, um, and that is Grant Riller from the College of Charleston. 
Um, he is a player. So you guys know I live in Charleston now. I grew up in North Miami, but I live here. So I got to catch him a couple times. I wish I would have went and watched him a few more times. He was somebody that really early on in this process, I heard his name connected to Miami. And it, it, my ears perked up because he's a local kid from where, I'm, where I live. And so I started to do a little bit more uh, background on him. And let me tell you, man, this kid is polished offensively. He has every tool in the tool bag in terms of being able to score. He's a mm-hmm. three-level scorer. Um, I think he's a really interesting option also because he's a four-year player. Uh, he, he has great range. I mean, ball handling. Uh, the spin moves in traffic when I was watching him, um, it's just it's amazing to watch him play. So I'm, I'm really high on him. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be the pick, but I'm interested since he's such a local kid, maybe it's a little too close to home for me. Uh, Brady, have you watched Grant Riller? What do you think of him? Yeah, well, for starters, I think the, you kind of mentioned that he was a four-year guy. Um, and they've kind of said that's kind of a downfall for most teams. Adding a 23-year-old rookie is not ideal. Um, but I think it is ideal for Miami. Um, and you mentioned him being polished. And I kind of said, I think if they're going to make a selection this draft and keep it, it's going to be a guy that can at least try to make an impact on this team. Um, they're not going to try to get a guy that they're going to have to develop for too long. Um, and I think he's the type of guy that you can pretty much plug in um, since he has that experience. But you mentioned the three-level score, and they've said that he might be the best finisher in this draft. Um, he can score off the dribble. Um, he, they've, they've mentioned also about defense defensively and that he just does not – sometimes it seems like he doesn't try on defense, um, which may be a reason that Miami may not look his way um, because we know that if they're going to go with a guard, they're probably going to go with one that's more defensive-oriented, um, and that's the way they probably lean anyway. Um, but, but his offensive talent kind of outweighs any of the negatives, so I think he's going to be an option either way because um, his scoring is special. Um, and – he can hand, he's, he's just a point guard that you'd kind of it'd – be, it'd be interesting to see how he'd work with Tyler Hero because they're both so, such prolific scorers that it'd kind of be interesting to see how they play together. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see that because I think Hero would still run the point kind of because uh, I think Hero's the better passer right now because uh, I don't think Grant Miller's on the level of, of playmaking that even Hero was this season. So it would kind of be interesting to see how they would end up playing together. But I think it's it definitely would be an option because he's one of the top at the guards at that position. Man, ever since Leif started talking about Grant Riller, uh, whenever he first mentioned it as a connection to the Heat, I've been, you know, you just look at the, the YouTube highlights on this dude and then you look into the breakdown and it's like, wow, everything you guys are talking about. I mean, it's 100%. He is a three-level scorer. That's what he projects to be in the NBA. Like, he's really got it all as far as, you know, all the moves, the counters, the IQ, he's got shiftiness and not necessarily, you know, he's not the most athletic player or anything, but he's, you know, the fact that he can navigate defenses and kind of get to wherever he wants to on the floor and be able to have a good move to be able to score from wherever he wants on the floor. Like that's something to have that before even getting to the NBA is pretty crazy. And to somebody who doesn't even like might not go in the first round, like I think this draft is pretty impressive in the sense that there's a lot, it's a deep draft. There's a lot of guys who I think are going to pan out as good players and Grant Riller is one of them. Like I think uh, like what Brady said, it it will be a little bit tough to move on from none. If you're going to move on to, you know, another guy who kind of projects as an offensive first guy, but like I'm a little bit higher on, on, on Riller's playmaking than, than, uh, than Brady. And as far as the defense, like I think he has a really high IQ and the effort like Brady said, 100% needs to be better. And I think that's something that would get better on the Heat. And also, like, I just think he would be playing a really, really comfy role whenever he would get playing time for the Heat, which would probably be, you know, closer to a year from now and probably later than sooner. But I think Grant Riller has one of the most fun games to watch right now. Yeah, I mean, you guys mentioned the point of attack defense. That would be an absolute issue with Grant Riller. And the next guy we're going to talk about, it would be even bigger of an issue, and that's uh, Tyrell Terry. Uh, he is a freshman out of Stanford. And so he is from um, from everything I've been able to read up on. And now, mind you, a lot of this, I'm doing reconnaissance missions on these players. I did not watch a ton of them uh, game over game throughout this entire thing. And, you know, we, we didn't get the opportunity to watch them in a tournament. So I'm doing my best to do my homework. All intents and purposes, he may be the most elite shooter in this draft. He has that one elite skill. Um, he... You know, he's 6'2", 41% three-point shooter on five attempts. So he he was um, 
another thing I found interesting, I, I watched some videos on YouTube from a, a, a cat called Hoops Intellect, and I want to shout him out because he did some great work this offseason. Um, he said that uh, in his breakdown video that Tyrell Terry broke the record, that more than one GM told him that he broke the record for the basketball IQ test that they give players. Um, but this is the issue. He's 160 pounds. And I just don't know how you play a guy that's 160 pounds. Like, so I'm interested, Brady, I'll go to you first on this. Have you watched Tyrell Terry? Because I'm going to be honest, I haven't ever watched a, a full game of his. I've watched highlights. Um, there's some intriguing stuff that kind of reminds me of what you might catch lightning in a bottle with a Steph-like shooter. But do you think that uh, at 160 pounds, he can be effective in the NBA? Well, for starters, I don't, I've never watched a full game. I'm right there with you. I've just been watching. I've watched highlights. Uh, ever since he's kind of been talked about. Um, but the difference is, like we mentioned, Kyra Lewis, him not having the strength, um, but he has a bit of size. And I think that's where the difference is. When you're talking about 160 pounds of Tyrell Terry, he just has zero size that he, even if he puts on a bit of weight, he's still going to be pushed around. Um, but you kind of mentioned the one skill uh, of three-point shooting. And it, it's kind of different, his skill of three-point shooting, because he kind of searches for the three-point line that he basically – will run backwards to find that three-point line. And I think that's where the comparison to Steph Curry comes in, um, that he kind of looks for that. And that mid-range shot is something that he never usually goes for. Um, so I think that it's another guy that's, that's kind of like Grant Riller, as you mentioned, just an offensive guy that Miami could possibly look to. Um, but ultimately, I think defensive is, defensively is going to be the big thing um, with, this, with this pick. Um, and another thing is finishing with him was actually pretty decent, but it, once you go up to the NBA level, finishing gets a little harder when you're 160 pounds, um, getting contested like that with big men. So a lot of stuff could be could change, but if he just finds a way to continue to shoot the ball like he did in college, um, then he could have a pretty good career. Um, but we'll we'll see how that ends up. But I don't I don't I don't really see Miami picking him with this pick. I got to say, I agree. Uh, I think Tyro Terry is a really polished player. Might be the best shooter in the draft, like you guys are talking about. Luckily, though, uh, I think, or, you know, fortunately, there's a lot of really good shooters in this draft, or at least there's, there's True. easily a few really good shooters, too, and not just, you know, guys who can shoot. I just think, you know, it's, it's we're clearly in that point now where it's just kind of a prerequisite, and, you know, most guys can shoot other than some fives, you know what I'm saying? Like, and... I think we're also, as a result of this era, we're going to have even more knockdown shooters than before, just because I think it's such an emphasized part of the game. And, uh, but Terry is not a specialist. Like you guys are talking about, he, you know, he's got skills. He, he, he can do stuff off ball, on ball, and is an awesome shooter. Is a very smart player. And, you know, these Stanford kids, right? They're real so smart. So <laughs> the high basketball IQ, you know, Casey Akpala, that's, that's the one fit with the Heat, right, is uh, the Stanford connection there. But because of the, the fact that there's so many other shooters available, and I think the Heat, like we uh, mentioned earlier, should prioritize a little bit more two-way guys. Uh, I think Terry is like kind of the furthest thing away from being a two-way player, even though, you know, you could be optimistic given that he'll probably put on weight in the league. And the fact that he's so advanced means that he'll probably end up, like I wouldn't be surprised if he's just a very good uh, backup slash good starter in the NBA. I just don't know that, uh, that Terry's the best fit for the Heat. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. And, you know, th this is what's so weird about this draft. Kevin O'Connor, who's a pretty respected individual when it comes to this draft stuff, he has him, like, in the top ten of his mock draft. So there's also a chance that Tyrell Terry won't even be there. I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and it is a sponsor that would be important in any time if you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well, and that's safecubbies.com, which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget. You can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards, magnetic panels, acrylic sheets, and graphic branding. Most 
Most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes. Now this is for workplaces. They've got a bunch of different options on their professional series, but also they've got private room solutions, dividers and sneeze guards, and they have a classroom series as well. So if you're involved with the school, this is definitely something your school should check out, of course, if we have school in the fall. And that's the point here. We're entering a new normal period with COVID-19. SafeCubbies.com, which is locally owned, is the place that you want to go. The phone number is 754-216-1071. Again, that's 754-216-1071 or SafeCubbies.com. And another guy that may not be there, but I think Heat fans would approach this pick in a much different way is Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky. Um, he's a guy that we've uh, that has, there's been a lot of buzz around all three of the Kentucky guys. I, there's almost a part of me that wants to knock down all three of them at once here. But Tyrese Maxey um, is a guy that'll probably go before Miami picks. But if you talk about a two-way player, he's not the three-point shooter that maybe you would want, but his strengths in terms of scoring and finishing, he has um, really good defensive IQ uh, on ball and off ball. He has the motor. His re release is a little weird, but he hits the shots. Um, you know, maybe not at the clip you want, but you see that maybe he could develop into like a good shooter in the way that Kyle Lowry has or somebody like that. Um, I'm interested to hear, is he, you know, like I think – if you polled Heat Twitter specifically, he may end up being the guy that they would vote for, that they want the most. Is he the guy you guys want the most? I think he's well, the new Kevin I'll, Porter Jr. Right. <laughs> he's the guy that like just pops off the screen when you just when it just comes to you know scoring talent and the fact that he is a two-way player. Like this guy, I don't think has the red flags that Kevin Porter Jr. had last year. And and, and obviously Kevin Porter had a good season for Cleveland. I'm not trying to talk down on him. Uh, but at the end of the day, he slipped because of those red flags. And I think it's going to be the opposite with Maxie. I feel like he's going to end up going higher than maybe we originally thought because of the fact he went to Kentucky. People trust Kentucky guys, especially after seeing what happened with Hero and Jamal Murray. And I just think, like, the fact that this guy just really loves the game, really tries his ass off on both ends of the floor. Uh, like you said, he could, he could be a better shooter, but he's got a lot of upside there. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, he's not that far behind as a shooter at all. Like he's got some shake to his game. He's a good finisher, can get to the line. Like this dude is straight up exciting. Like I think he, he's kind of, he's also a pretty good playmaker. I think his game actually reminds me a lot of the dude who might go in the top three, probably will, Anthony Edwards, except I think he's a better playmaker than Edwards. And uh, there's a reason Edwards is going to be taken up there, right? He's got better measurables and other stuff, but I think Maxi is not that far off when you come when you talk about like a ceiling guy and just high talent like I think he is very well rounded and because of the motor and the character stuff like he's somebody who who will probably be number one on my board for Miami and just fitting checking off the boxes and the fact that they don't need somebody to come in and be a great shooter right away yeah I think he's probably number one in on my board and same as Leif said before by the way uh this is all you know I'm definitely nowhere near a draft expert. So it's just on, on all the stuff I've, I've watched, tried to prepare for, for these pods. Right. right. <laughs> no, I, I think with, with Maxi though, with the shooting side of things, um, when he had that pro day um, recently on ESPN, he shot the ball um, pretty well. Um, so I think that's something to look up um, about. You guys mentioned, both mentioned his motor, and that's probably the biggest thing. Um, he just is constant energy on the floor, which I think, stands out to Miami uh, immediately. Um, but it's interesting kind of when you look at, there's so many similarities between him and Hero. I think not just like, play, I'm not saying play-wise, but just um, stats, first of all. I don't have the numbers on me, but I think they both average like 14-3-3 in college, like exactly the same. Um, they're both kind of in that, that same type of range of late lottery, um, possibly falling. Um, and, and another thing is that Maxi gets labeled as like a streaky shooter inconsistent. Um, that's something Hero kind of was when he was going through um, college as well. Um, so I think there's, there's these kind of things that we look at that are not um, ideal um, as kind of his disadvantages, I don't think are that huge um, when Miami's looking at it and just his ability to score and play defense, obviously are just going to be huge um, in the NBA level. I think he'll translate pretty well. Um, cause ultimately I don't like, there's going to be a bunch of guys on this list that we're going to talk about that are just inefficient. Um, 
but that's always going to be the case. That's how college players always are. Um, so I don't think that's a big deal, but his upside on the offensively um, is right there with his defensive instincts. Yeah, I mean, you, you're actually leaning into the next guy when you mentioned the word inefficient. Um, it was interesting. I was actually DMing back and forth with a, a scout in the league not affiliated with the Heat at all. And he said, oh, the Heat should grab Cole Anthony from uh, – from North Carolina, the freshman. And I was taken aback by that because he would not be my first pick. I mean, I guess I'll go on record as saying that. And one of it, one of the reasons why is I felt like he didn't necessarily maximize his opportunity at UNC. Um, he, you know, he, he's got the measurable 6'3". He's, um, you know, has a 6'5 wingspan. He, you know, averaged four assists. There's good things that jump off the page. 35% three-point shooter. Uh, looks like he'll be a good rebounder. Uses his body like a pro, so he kind of plays like a pro. I don't know if maybe because they uh, play with so many big men out um, in UNC that he didn't get the opportunity to kind of show his league-style game. Um, I guess, Alex, I'll start with you here. Cole Anthony, did you get a chance to watch him? And is he a guy that you think um, would fit in Miami? Or do you think that the efficiency stuff and the shot selection stuff wouldn't work? So I tend to lean with you that he's not my first. He's not my second, not my third. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm not even trying to talk down on him either. I think this is kind of more to do with the fact that the Heat are in such a good position where they don't need to necessarily go after one type of guy. Like, you can kind of sell me on them going after any position just because uh, like I've mentioned before, I don't think any of these guys are going to get significant playing time next season bearing, you know, some shocking things happening in the off season where there are, you know, or injuries of course, where the rotation just becomes a little bit more open. Uh, but at the end of the day, like Cole Anthony, man, and this is something that I've heard uh, Chris Vernon talk about who does the podcast with Kevin O'Connor on the ringer and, this case to me was an interesting one where you just talk about his resume as somebody who's been a top prospect for the past, you know, whatever amount of years, four or five years in that class and somebody who has continually won and showed out uh, at the top stage. And I'm not even necessarily talking about UNC, but when it comes to other, you know, where he's playing against other top prospects, like uh, in the FIBA events or the, you know what I'm talking about? Like those types of events, it feels like he showed out as well, the all American games and things like that. And it feels like, a guy who would absolutely be better in an NBA offense with other guys who are pretty good and maybe where he's not doing as much handling. But again, because of the red flags that you mentioned earlier with, you know, some of the turnovers, some of the shot selection stuff, I, he's not my favorite. He doesn't have the best size. Like I think he, he competes on both ends, but I just think, uh, I don't think he, I, he's probably the least clean fit to me when it comes to the guards. But regardless, I don't think that he'd have to really worry about fit when it comes to this pick. So if the Heat were to end up just taking this guy and shocking everybody, look, I'm not going to go ahead and make the same mistake I did the last couple of drafts and being like, look, if you guys think that he, this guy is worth taking there, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and run with you. This guy is clearly super talented. He's not the most polished, but they don't need him to be. I think Hero was clearly a guy who was going to help them right away, and I don't this pick, this pick does not need to be that at all. Yeah, I agree. I don't think um, – the only thing I will say, though, is that J, uh, Cole Anthony is um, – he, he's kind of like the star on the team that I don't think that Miami's ever went that route. When you kind of think about back to like their past draft picks, it's always been a guy that had a, just want a type of role on a team that they kind of see that they can plug in. Um, it's a lot easier, obviously, when you're looking at a Kentucky guy, because they have similar roles on that team um, as Miami does, but they never picked the type of player like Cole Anthony, where it's just like, you don't know what you're getting. You're just getting a bunch of different things. Um, not saying that I don't think they, they could possibly go that route, but it definitely, as you guys are saying, would not be my first choice. Um, you kind of mentioned his, his rebounding and different things that he does. Um, he was kind of looked at it. I watched a lot of his high school games and he was just like a real good scorer. Um, and he didn't look the same type of scorer in college. Um, even if he was scoring the ball, it was, you mentioned inefficient, but I just, I don't see the same type of, of play, um, that I saw even in high school. Um, but obviously that can come back. But when I, when continually that I'm saying is that I think a, a guy that is more polished um, is going to be the Miami's kind of way that they're going to go. Um, and I don't know if Cole Anthony is that, that more polished guy. Um, I think he could fit in on a team that um, you mentioned, like having more players around him for him to do stuff. But I also think if he seems like the type of player that could go to a, a, a kind of a bad team and just be the guy um, that seems like, like we've seen that so many times with types of players like Cole Anthony, that he can just go to a team and 
just be the starting point guard right away and try to make, make a name for himself. So I can see that happening. Um, but like you guys said, I don't really think that'll be um, the top of the options for mine. Brady makes him sound like a New York Nick. Like that's what he's destined to right. be. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that? The Knicks are no good? Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. So when we talk about guys that maybe weren't the superstars on their team and players that Miami is interested in, a guy that we've heard uh, has been linked to him um, multiple times. I think they've interviewed him more than once. They've really done their homework on Emmanuel quickly from uh, the University of Kentucky. Uh, he is, was he he's a freshman or a sophomore? Bear with me here. He's sophomore. So he had a year under his belt. Um, I, I asked that same scout, what, what do you think of the kid? And he said, he, he, he can be Malik Monk if Malik Monk ever had figured it out. And I, I actually had a crush on Malik Monk going into that draft. He was a player that I really liked, along with Donovan Mitchell and then obviously Bam Adebayo. But that's besides the point. Emmanuel quickly out of uh, Kentucky, uh, rangy two guard. Uh, again, he, this guy is a shooter as he ended the season for Kentucky, he was probably their best player. Um, and he's, he's got lots of moves. He gets a little lost on defense. I mean, there's some issues with the finishing. Um, I, I saw one website had him, uh, compared to Contavious Caldwell Pope. So that, you know, there's good and bad with a guy that's like that. Um, what do you guys think? Right. That's true. NBA champ, and he is a Kentucky guy. Alex, what do you think of Emmanuel quickly? Look, it's another guy that once you put me on to him, because once again, I'm not a draft guy. I do not keep up with the college basketball season until March Madness. I'm just going to put that out there. And every time, you know, before the draft comes, I always get into it. It, it, it always comes to that point where I just flip a switch. And quickly is a guy that made me flip the switch. Once you pointed out his name, I immediately saw why he would be looking at him. We talked all season about needing – point of attack defense and like you said he's definitely not a perfect defender but my god the dude has a 6'10 wingspan and he's 6'3 <laughs> like his his arms are ridiculous I think he's somebody who is going to hound guards in the NBA uh can probably guard twos maybe some you know uh leaner threes as well because of that length depending on you know that's like in switch in switch situations and things like that which I think is really good for him he's a knockdown shooter we talked about how you know, there's multiple really good shooters in this draft. He's one of them. I like. I think he's just one of those guys where it's just like, you know, you have you have a knockdown shooter. You have somebody who looks like he's going to be a very good uh, guard defender in the league. Somebody who is actually pretty damn good at getting to the line. And I'm not saying he's going to get to the line at the same volume as as you know a star or, or be on that trajectory. But I think that's kind of like one of those surprise ways where he can also be impactful. And so I think he'll be a really, really clean fit. The thing is with him is his range. And I know that he don't really give a hell. You know, they don't give a damn about anybody's range as far as where they have uh, guys in mock drafts. But he definitely projects to go in the second round. Some have yeah. him going undrafted. For so real. I think no, that's you're interesting. Right about that. And obviously, we know that the Heat could, could – uh, something could happen on draft day. They could buy a second-round pick or they could trade down and, and get a second-round pick as part of it. Or maybe he goes undrafted and they, you know, nab him there. But I do think, like, he is an obvious, clean, really great fit with the Heat. 
For sure. Brady, before you jump in here, I do want to clarify something. I said he gets lost on defense. From what I saw, it looked like from a team defensive perspective, he got lost a little bit trying to, mm-hmm. you know, follow switches and mismatches. But Alex, you hit on it, man. On-ball defense, that he absolutely brings all that stuff to the table. Yeah, and I also think just he's like the ultimate 3 and D guy. Um, I think like when you we guys brought up um, – Wesley Matthews in the past. Um, I'm not making that comparison, which it is kind of a viable comparison, but that's the type of guy that Miami needs kind of as a fit. Um, he's definitely more of a two, which um, something I keep talking about that it's kind of like these guys are kind of figuring out if Hero could be the the more of a point guard or shooting guard next season. I think this would definitely mean that he'd be a point guard because um, he's not a pass first guy. Um, he's definitely a catch and shoot guy, three and D. Um, his shot creating actually wasn't bad. He started kind of developing it more and more, and, and it actually didn't look too bad. Um, you brought the, you said something about the Malik Monk comparison. I actually wanted to get your opinion on. I think he actually reminds me more of Tyrese Maxey. I'm saying uh, Malik Monk, the comparison of Malik Monk um, than Emmanuel Quickly. And no, I think that's could, something. You could be right. Malik Monk just jumped out because of his shooting ability and the way right. that quickly seems to kind of have taken a little bit uh, of a clearer approach to that than Maxi has so far. But um, yeah, I mean, they both are viable comparisons for sure. And obviously we're going to mention the third one. All three of these guys are pretty similar, obviously some lack in other areas, but they're all just three guys that are, you know, Kentucky guys that obviously Kentucky guys translate to Miami heat guys. Um, So that's always going to be the case, but I, I really like quickly um, as a player, just, um, as Alex was mentioning all this stuff about um, his game offensively, obviously um, we're going to harp on the shooting, but kind of something that he, he kind of plays a little like um, obviously not plays like, a, but I think he moves around the court like Duncan um, in their offense. He was running around the court constantly trying to um, get open shots as Duncan Robinson does for Miami. So I think that'd be interesting to see if they would utilize him that same way as they do Duncan. Um, but they could do many things with him because obviously defense is there with him other than some guys on Miami. So I, I would definitely like this pick. Um, and we're discussing possibly moving down to the second round. Um, I, I don't know if that would actually happen just because you like, we've discussed Casey Opala possibly getting picked um, if Hero was gone in that last draft. And if they're comfortable doing that, I think they'd be comfortable with taking a guy that could possibly get picked 10, 10 to 12 picks later. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting if they would take a chance on something like that and trade down to, for a guy to possibly already be gone. Uh, but you never know, because if they can get more value, you never know. Yeah, I mean, John, Jonathan uh, Givoni from Draft Express said that teams are having trouble trading down in this draft because it's just not that type of draft where you're going up and getting a guy. But maybe at 20, there are teams that will look to do something like that. And, you, you know, Miami may have some incentive to, uh, to explore that because a, no, a non-guaranteed contract can be a little bit more attractive when you're trying to clear the decks in 2021 as well. And those second-round contracts come that way. Um, you mentioned three Kentucky prospects, so let's just. That's a really to, good point, Leif. Let, let's yeah. get to let's get to the third one uh, before I derail the podcast on free agency because y'all know I want to get into transaction season. But the the third Kentucky guard is Ashton Hagens, and Brady, you wrote about him specifically on FiveReasonSports.com, and. Um, you talked about his fit and, and that he may be a likely option for the Heat. So I'm going to let you let you tee up Ashton Hagens from Kentucky. Yeah, I think he's actually one of my favorite players in this draft overall. Um, he is not a um, big-time shooter, uh, not a big-time scorer. Um, but, man, he, get, he makes up for that on the defensive end. Uh, we're going to continually talk about guys that are, that are good on defense, but I don't think any of them um, can touch what he does overall. Um, team okay. defense, obviously, he lacks, um, like Emmanuel quickly, you mentioned, lacks team defense. Um, but, man, Ashton Hagens has it all. He uh, hits passing lanes. Um, that's where his offense gets generated, basically. is just... Um, For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On the defensive end, he'll pick you up full court. 
Um, there's just so many things to his game on that defensive end that stands out. Um, and if there was anybody in this that we've kind of talked about translating to Miami's uh, rotation, I think it might be a guy that just straight up is a defender and, and may lack offensive parts because I think they'd go with a guy all defense over a guy all offense right now. Um, but I am very high on him. And I don't think his, his shooting is not great, um, but his, his mechanics are not bad that I think it could develop. Um, it definitely could develop and get a better three-point shot. Um, that would be um, probably the most ideal. And I think that his, his, he has some turnover issues because um, he was running mostly running the offense, I guess, for Kentucky. So that's probably a big reason, which would have to get touched up. But when you're playing with so many guys like Hero and Butler and, and Bam, I don't think – I think that can get uh, touched up pretty easily with running an offense. So um, it, it'll be interesting because I really think that Miami would take a long look at him. And obviously we know the, the connections with Kentucky that all he has to do is make one phone call <laughs> to, to find out about a, a guy like Ashton Hagens. And I think that translating from Kentucky to Miami – a defensive guy like Ashton Higgins is going to stand out. Honestly, I'm interested in him in the sense that, uh, you know, the more that you look into him, the more that you hear things like what you were saying is like, you know, this guy might really be one of the best perimeter defenders in this draft. And that, that's obviously really interesting. Again, talking about point of attack defense for the Heat, that that makes me consider him right away. There's no doubt about it. Also, the fact that he went to Kentucky. Uh, the thing with Ashton Hagens, uh, like you said, is the shooting. I also agree with you that the form is there. Like, I think it's not bad. Like, it, it, it could use some work, obviously, because the results aren't there. But uh, I feel okay about it. I think the question comes, uh, like, I think he, he'll be more of an off-ball guy than an on-ball guy. The problem there is he wasn't a good catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, you know, he could get to the mid-range a little bit with the ball. He, he, he can do some stuff with the ball in his hands for sure. It's pretty quick. But I just have a little bit – I have some concerns about what his role – what he could actually do in that off-ball role, which is no doubt what I think what he would start whenever the Heat would theoretically give him playing time. But even if he is like a backup point guard, I'm just not as sure about him, right? Like I, I, I'm not as sure about him as a finisher. As a finisher, I'm not as sure about him as a shooter. If you could just go under him, is he going to be able to make you pay? I think just the defense by himself and the fact that, you know, I mean – the the kid loves to play and is he 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 plays with a with a crazy motor out there especially on defense so i think there's just there's a lot of good stuff about him but i have more concerns i i feel like but again the heat don't have to pick fit here so yeah no you're right it it, it is a weird uh thing you look at his stats 26% from 3 on two attempts a game so he's not even really shooting very many threes Chris Dunn? Well, only shot 33% off the dribble, so he doesn't really have that. Only shot 50% at the rim. He's not necessarily a great finisher, so he's kind of like a less polished Patrick Beverly type player and that he wants to defend guys and shut them down. So I think that uh, the Heat are in an interesting uh, thing where they could maybe take a guy that they want to develop, and for now he'll be a situational player and they'll use him when they need to you know, turn a guy four times before he crosses half court and really ball hawk, but uh, otherwise he'll kind of sit in the bench and maybe even you know spend time in the G League, so it it is an interesting fit because I don't know how ready he would be, but Trey Jones from Duke, who has been linked to Miami as well, would by all intents and purposes be ready right away. I mean, I think of all the guys on the list that are ready to play immediately, he is one of the the top guys that can just step right in and contribute uh, with on-ball defense and some of his shooting potential. He's a safe pick, basically. Uh, Brady, Brady, what do you think of Trey Jones? I know Riley said no more Duke guys, but I don't know how true that will uh, hold the form. So, like, what do you think of Trey Jones? Yeah, right. That's that's a, that's a, the only thing I think about him. Uh, I've actually was pretty big on him in college, um, but I'm actually not so sure about the fit with Miami. Um, I think another thing that we've discussed with two other guys is size. Um, he lacks a bit of size that I think he's good defensively, but I don't know if that'll translate um, ultimately to the NBA if he gets kind of guys uh, kind of taking advantage of his strength. Um, and he's not lengthy either. Um, but I don't want to say he has short arms because we made that mistake before. Um, but I think he's his scoring obviously um, is pretty good, but I don't know if that's another thing. I don't know if that is going to translate as well. His IQ is probably the biggest thing that he knows how to um, run an offense. While you kind of we kind of doubt if Hagens would get that 
that job right away. Trey Jones would. Uh, he's just a playmaker, and you can trust him with the ball in his hands. He's not going to make uh, many bad decisions. Um, so, it, like you said, I really do think that is a safe pick um, because I don't think there's um, there's less of a risk with that pick um, because he does – you pretty much know what you're going to get, um, which is the thing I'm talking about is that you want to get a guy that um, you don't have to develop as much. Um, and I think he's definitely that guy. Um, but I'm just interested to see if that, that defense kind of translates because um, I think he's more of a guy that's going to collapse on passing lanes more than a guy that's going to lock up an opposing defender. Yeah, I think Trey Jones, that was somebody who before I started, you know, really getting into all these guys was somebody that I definitely came to my head right away because I feel like there was a – I don't know if I'm misremembering this or not, but I feel like uh, Jimmy at some point may have talked about Trey Jones. I think that has something to do with uh, when he was playing alongside his brother in Minnesota, uh, Tyus oh, Jones. Did he really? I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, hey, I do. If Jimmy co-signs it, we all co-sign it, right? Yeah, I don't right. have that on me at the moment, but I do believe I'm 95% sure that they have some sort of relationship there and because uh, he's still cool with Tyus Jones and all that. But the thing with Trey Jones is, like you guys said, the defense, like he doesn't necessarily have the craziest measurables, but the guy, like you just watch him play defense. He's a really smart defender, uh, knows how to, you know, defend all types of different, uh, you know, plays. I'm not necessarily players. I'm not saying he's a, you know, very versatile defender. I'm not sure if he's even going to be able to guard twos in the league. Maybe he will. Maybe some smaller twos, because especially because uh, we're seeing a lot of that now. But I do really, really like what I see from him IQ-wise on both ends of the floor. He's very creative. He's a crafty player. I tend to agree that he's kind of limited as, as a scorer. Uh, I question how much he can actually get better in the league, because like Brady said, I feel like uh, he's already a pretty polished player, and I'm not sure how much better he can get at just stuff where he, like, things that have to do with burst and getting to the rim and uh, you know, I think he could get a little bit more polished at some of the stuff he's already good at with years in the league and under some, you know, uh, under good coaching and playing with good talent and all that. So I think it's a pretty safe pick, but it does feel to me a lot like a pick you would take in the second round. And I don't know if that's just me being arbitrary with it or not, but I feel like you've got better options there if you're the Heat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I want to mention, though, that he just brought up relationship with Butler. Something that we didn't really mention, I think the, the Quickly and Hagen's uh, relationship with Hero, um, obviously playing with a year, I think that has something to do with uh, possibly getting back to Miami and, and possibly drafting. Um, somebody mentioned Hagen's was there on draft night with Hero. Um, oh. So there's, there's, some, there's some relationships there. Um, so I think that's something to look at with, with the Kentucky uh, kind of relationship with Hero. You mentioned the Kentucky relationship with Hero, uh, a guy that I wanted to talk about in the last podcast uh, where we recapped all the bigs, but Alf and Ethan didn't even let me get to him, is Nick Richards from Kentucky. And Hero does have a relationship with him as well. He's kind of like one of those sleepers that you, you, he could come out of nowhere but, um, and get picked by Miami is what I mean. But anyway, let, let's – sure, we're going to talk about a different big there that you, you guys didn't get to. No. Oh, yeah, no, there's there's one more. But um, back to guards, Malachi, Malachi, Malachi Flynn. Sorry, I'm, I'm twisted up with my words. Uh, he's a guy that I reported that the Heat were interested in. So that took me down the YouTube rabbit hole. He's really uh, – he doesn't have the measurables. You talked about Trey Jones not having the measurables. He doesn't really have them either. But he reminded me of the type of player that they could immediately plug in. And remember how they used to use Beno Udry as a um, kind of like just you knew he was steady. Stop you could gap. rely on him. Yeah, correct. Like I feel like he immediately was that kind of player with his pick and roll and shooting potential, his ball handling. He averaged five assists a game. So, I mean, he's he's good pick and roll passer, got a pull-up shot. Uh, shot 37% on six attempts from three, and he shoots him from NBA range, so he has that kind of range. I mean, I know he has issues with athleticism and whatnot, but Brady, what, what do you think of Malachi Flynn? It's funny because when you reported it, that was one of the first times I really dived into his game because uh, he wasn't somebody that I don't think a lot of people were uh, really knew about. Um, but I think you hit on it. The, the thing that most people probably talk about is his pick and roll. Um, that is really something that stands out. That's not just something that's just going to get discussed. He really knows how to run a pick and roll um, because he has all the attributes to kind of run it. Um, really crafty passer, knows how to run it. Um, 
and, and giving him one of the best screen setters in the league in Bam, um, that could be a pretty good center to have, sending you those picks with that pick and roll. Um, the mid-range off those pick and rolls is something he really knows how to get to. Um, you mentioned his pull-up game. That's something um, that I think is going to be run through the pick and roll if he continues to thrive that way. Um, another thing you mentioned that is that he's shooting a lot of threes from NBA range, which is interesting because he has uh, he ha- he has a clip on him. Like he he can shoot the ball pretty well. Um, so I think he'd be a pretty pretty good point guard to add to this team. Um, I think I'm being pretty repetitive with the the no size thing. Um, he's another guy that could lack a bit of size. Um, so interested to kind of see um, what they do with that. But as I mentioned before. Size may not be an issue if, because they know they can get a guy's body right right away if, when he comes to Miami. Um, so that may not be an issue, but he definitely is somebody that I think Miami could look at. Um, and, and another thing you mentioned was ball handling, and he has a very good ball handle. So mentioning the Tyler Hero fit, that means Tyler Hero would be running a lot of shooting guard if they were to draft this guy. That's kind of where I stand with him. Yep, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. And this is somebody who – I learned about later on. I just kept seeing his name kind of rising up draft boards. I'm like, okay, I wonder why that's happening. Like, I think I read today John Hollinger, the athletic, who put out his most recent mock draft, and it was based on information more than, like, where he would want, what he thinks teams should do. And he said that Malachi Flynn is somebody that teams have looked into trading into the first round for, and he's been rising up a lot of teams' mocks. And watching him, it is clear why. Like, it it is – Again, like, I think this is a really deep draft, man. I see a lot of these guys, and I'm just kind of blown away that these guys have these skills that are available so late. And it's like, this is a guy that does not get talked about at all. You guys said it with the measurables. They don't stand out. But the, this guy's game stands out. There's no doubt about it. He he is kind of like Grant Riller on offense in the sense that he's got a lot of three-level scoring to him, but he's a much better playmaker, or at least a lot further ahead right now. Because I think Grant Riller's a good playmaker too, but – Malachi Flynn has all types of passes right now. Like, he is very advanced there and can make, you know, he can hit the pass to the roller, can hit the, the, the shooter, and can do it with both hands, can kind of, you know, slow down his game to do that. He, he can shoot from everywhere. Like I said, I think he kind of projects as a three-level scorer in the league. I really like what he does at the point of attack on defense. I think he's a really smart defender. And even regardless the fact that, you know, his wingspan is 6'3", and his height is 6'2", which doesn't stand out, like, the kid can play, and he's 22, so he's a little bit older. But we know the Heat, again, they can kind of go all types of ways with this draft pick. They could go raw with somebody who might not be developed for a few years. They can go somebody a little bit more developed, like a Malachi Flynn or like a Trey Jones. But I think Malachi Flynn, to me, when I was when I was talking about Trey Jones and there being better options and kind of the same with Grant Riller, who I also like, I have Malachi Flynn over both of those guys right now just, just off of what I've seen from him. I'm, I'm really impressed with his game. But again, all these guys are pretty impressive in their own rights. Yeah, no, I agree. Of all the the lists that we've kind of compiled, I feel like the guards are the deepest. And um, the only thing with Malachi Flynn fitting with Miami is I think about with Hero and Duncan Robinson, like you're starting to really have not a lot of athleticism on the floor. Like you have, right. you have offensive polish, but at what point do you have too many guys that are just average from an athletic perspective? So I don't know if that'll play into the way that they look at that. I'm probably overanalyzing it. And you know I'm going to say trust the, the team with whoever they take. And a guy that I actually initially thought that they were going to be really interested in because from a pure basketball perspective, perspective he's really talented but then I read up about his kind of his approach to the game and and his um you'll Jamias Ramsey I I believe is how you pronounce his name from Texas Tech he's a freshman um he is 6'4 6'10 wingspan elite three-point shooter I think he shot almost 43 percent on five attempts he's aggressive he's a bucket getter But then I looked into a little bit of what he looks like on the defensive end and the effort and the bad shots and the kind of checking out when he doesn't get involved in the offense. And um, even the free throw shooting looked a little weird. And and then I heard he didn't interview particularly well. And so that kind of stuff, it kind of reeks of maybe a little bit of a Deion Waiters kind of guy. And I, I hate to say that. I don't want to like you know, go after his character. I don't know him. I'm just, you know, reading about him and seeing what they say. And um, uh, what do you guys think of Jamias Ramsey uh, out of Texas Tech? I agree with everything you were saying. Um, I think there's a lot of red flags. 
Um, the defensive end is the biggest thing. I think we kind of mentioned like Duncan Robinson. He's not a good defender, but you can kind of see the effort uh, when he's out there on the floor. And Ramsey just absolutely does not even try on the collegiate level, which you know, um, if, if he's not trying in, in, in college, that's not going to – it's just not going to happen overnight in the NBA. Um, but he is a really good scorer, and he has a good size. Um, but, but the defense is just kind of the thing that outweighs everything else. Um, he kind of reminds me of a guy like the guys that we kind of discussed in last year's draft um, that, that were possibly going to get picked by Miami, like a Romeo Lakeford or any of those type of guys. Um, not that he's exactly his type of player, but it seems like he's gonna, it's going to be a, a player that may get discussed um, that just might not be the fit for Miami. Um, and I think that's the way it's going to go. Um, I just, you kind of mentioned the things that could possibly um, alert Miami. And I just think that kind of will stick out and that with these other options that they have um, and another guy that's just not good on the defensive end, it just doesn't seem like the right fit. Yeah. I, this is probably the guy I'm least interested in from the list that we've kind of gone over. Uh, you know, there's definitely talent there. Like you guys have been talking about their scoring talent. And I think he's got some upside as a creator, but at the end of the day, you know, he's got decent size, too, for, for somebody who projects to be a two, maybe guard some leader in threes, probably not. But I think he's kind of the red flag guy, like you guys have alluded to. He's he's the actual Kevin Porter Jr. of this draft when right? it comes to red flags, right? Not yeah, When they had him, uh, they compared him to J.R. Smith. I'm like, eh, it doesn't <laughs> sound like Miami Heat player to me. Listen, man. I I love Jr. Right, like he he's <laughs> the guy that he was a good contributor for for some good teams. All right, but yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on this guy whatsoever. Like I think there's just too many things, too many concerns with him, and I don't necessarily think it's a great fit either game wise. Like at the end of the day, like again, this guy could just end up in Sioux Falls playing with KG Ogbala next year. That seems like a very likely thing that happens with whoever they draft. So it, I, I can kind of be sold, but this is probably my least favorite guy from, from, you know, the people in this position. And, and in general, even if you're including wings, I think uh, there's way better options than him. And again, it speaks to the depth of this draft. Cause I feel like he, he's, he's definitely probably going to go second round and he's a pretty talented player to be going second round. And, and there's almost no doubt about it that there's a lot of better options in this draft. And by the way, I think if like something we've talked about, if Miami was to draft him, We'd forget about everything we just said about him uh, yep. and ultimately trust them. Uh, even though the, the things we mentioned, we'll trust that he'll be uh, probably on an all-rookie first team in his first year, uh, and we'll probably forget about everything. So if, if Miami was to go uh, that route, just forget about everything we just said, I think. Exactly. No, I, that's well said because we've been proven wrong before and we shall be proven wrong again. It is definitely trust the, uh, the front office and the scouting department. Um, the last guy on the list. So we've exhausted all the guard prospects. And the funny thing is, is probably the guy that they take will be a guy we didn't even discuss, which I'm going to give you guys a chance if there's anybody we didn't mention, but uh, this is a player that we talk about interviewing um, and how teams perceive the player around the league and the, and the effort and, and that kind of thing. Um, I was surprised to hear over the weekend that this guy, Nico Mannion, um, point guard from Arizona, that he has not been interviewing well because from what I saw, he kind of looked like a pretty uh, put-together cat in the way that he approached the game. Mm -hmm. uh, really, really smart player. Um, he kind of reminded me a little bit of like Darren Collison, Jeff Teague, like he's got that kind of game to him, um, bouncy, high IQ. Uh, so to hear that he's not interviewing well is interesting. You never know if that's just misinformation that's being spread out there. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, Mannion? Well, first of all, in, in, in high school, the first thing was that he's just an absolute scorer. Um, that was just the first thing, and that was the first thing by far. Um, but in college, he just kind of showed a bunch of different things in his game. Um, he had two um, possible first-round picks on his team, um, so that helped his playmaking abilities, I think, a bit. Um, he was a very good passer. You mentioned the IQ. Um, yeah, I think he's a bit like Malachi Flynn. We mentioned with the pick-and-roll, he's another guy that um, – thrived in that position um, with running that. And I think the mid-range um, is something that ultimately helped him. Um, once again, he's just not a great defender. Uh, yet another guy that um, that's just not going to stand out to Miami. Um, and we, you, mentioned, you mentioned before just not having a lot of athleticism. 
something maybe something that they're not gonna just fly to even though I think he does have a lot actually more athleticism than the other guys we mentioned he just doesn't have the same athleticism as other guys um and I just think this the size factor um is going to ultimately hurt him with with his finishing and driving and everything like that um unless he becomes a lot a lot better shooter um then I think that he could be a pretty good player but I don't know. We're getting to the bottom of these, this list. And I just There's just so many better options uh, than Nico Mandy. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, that, the, the, the length, right? I don't know. If, Alex, you think he can create separation? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not so sure, man. Like, I don't love his size. Like, I do think he definitely has some bounce to him. Like, I, I, I knew who this guy was because of all the times that you would just see him pop up and, like, ball his life and who mixed him in these types of places because he had so many, so many highlight uh, – type plays when he was in high school and you see that a lot and the dude is not like a you know he, he's not an all clout type of player and I'm making that term up right now and I like it I'm, I'm going with that going forward uh but <laughs> but like this dude has a lot to his game as a playmaker he's very sound as a playmaker right like I, I'm not trying to paint him as somebody who who doesn't know how to play and just tries to make shit look cool for himself or anything like that I just again like Brady said there's other options there's better options and again, this is somebody who looks like he's going to slip to the second round and who has clear NBA skills when it comes to the playmaking because he's pretty advanced. I think he's one of the best passers in the draft. There's just other concerns that Brady went over that I think are going to, you know, kind of overpower that and other guys are going to end up going ahead of him because of that. But a good team could snap him up and just kind of develop him on the back end of the roster. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a contributor in the future, you know, down the line. Yeah, I mean, this is we, – we, we've went – 11 guys now we've gone over. I think we've probably touched on if there's going to be a guard selected by Miami, we've probably talked about him, which means that it's going to be a player that we completely didn't discuss. So uh, quickly, rapid fire. Is there any player that you guys maybe have caught in uh, a glimpse of as you've you know been doing research on these other guys, any guard prospect that you want to highlight so that in the event that another guy get, gets drafted that wasn't on my list, we at least talked about him on the guard podcast. I want to say one that we didn't talk about would be RJ Hampton. Um, even though I don't, I don't know how that would actually be, but I think he's more of a, like I've kind of mentioned a project. Um, I think he could be a pretty good player on a team if they develop him. Um, it's hard to – I think he's getting uh, ranked a little bit differently. Obviously, he played international, um, which kind of seems to hurt some players sometimes because they automatically label a guy as inefficient. Um, but almost everybody is inefficient when they go a year to play in um, international. Um, but he's just – I think he's just a great kind of ball handler slash point guard that can um, – knows how to attack. Um, he just didn't shoot the ball well, but I think he's a pretty good shooter. Um if he develops a bit more. Um, so I think that would be an interesting guy to look at. And he's kind of, um, obviously mock drafts are all different. Um, some guys have him around that range, some earlier, some later. Um, but I think that could be a possible point guard that, that could be looked at. Yeah. I don't know enough about RJ Hampton, but I do know he was somebody who it was a big deal when he uh, left the U S to go play in New Zealand. And I know that he has scoring upside. And again, just another guy who might end up getting taken in the second round, who looks like he's going to get taken in the second round, who had a lot of hype coming in. And I think, uh, you know, again, has a lot of scoring upside. And it's just probably going to end up getting team, I mean, picked by a good team and end up getting developed on the end of their bench. Actually, um, I I, want to mention one more guy, actually, just is Theo Maladon. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that name right, but that's another international guy that's around that range. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's the same exact thing. It's just another guy that you're going to have to develop, and that guy is going to have to get developed a lot more. Um, and I think that's pretty obvious. He's just not um, – I don't think he, he's going to translate – I don't think he's going to translate right um, into the NBA. Um, and he's just a straight-up point guard that you're just going to have um, kind of to look at to just kind of um, – take over an offense and just put your trust in your offense because that's what he is. He just makes kind of guys better. That's what he did um, for his team. So I think that's another um, guy to look at. He's kind of projected, I think, a little bit earlier than 20 um, in some. But once again, it's it could all change. Yeah, Theo. Go ahead, Leif. No, I was just going to say that um, he's another guy when we talk about a prospect that they could potentially keep overseas so that then his um, – 
cap hit would not be uh, as cumbersome, you know, if he's overseas and you just have his rights for a year or two. I don't know how quickly he wants to come over because there's a couple other uh, international players that uh, you could have that kind of a scenario with when you're talking about trying to clear the decks for 2021. So I think it's like one of those, uh, it's, it was right in front of our face and we missed it kind of situations from a cap perspective. But well, what were you going to say about, about his game, Alex? Yeah, I definitely looked into him a little bit more recently uh, because it seems like, you know, there could be a possibility he's there at 20. I've been seeing him higher than that up to this whole time. But you know how things go before the draft. You, you never know with, the, with a guy like that who seems like there's questions about him. But I do like his game. I think he's got real upside to him as a, you know, kind of a, a scoring playmaker. And I'm not, I don't think he has, like, crazy scoring upside, but he's got some polish to his game, I think, as a, as a passer, as a playmaker – and has some different moves, and he's not all the way there with the pull-up, but he's got a pull-up. And I think some of the mechanics are a little bit off with him, but I think there's just a lot of things with him that I think can be easily fixed once he gets to the league. I think he's got high IQ on both ends of the floor and is somebody who is more of a prospect, but I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him maybe two years to to be kind of a, a competent backup point guard and, and rather than, you know, three or four. Like, I... I I think, and that's why you look at him as being maybe not available when the Heat are there. But Leif, you mentioned a great point when it comes to the international guys and the whole, you know, the whole angle of what, how that affects the cap going forward and how it could help them to have somebody who won't be on the books 2021, uh, whether it's a second round pick or not. And leaning into the international angle, I want to talk about somebody who I guess classifies as a guard, especially when you talk about his game, and that is the Argentinian. Leandro Bolmaro, and he just turned 20 in September. Uh, the kid has a real, real shake to his game. Like, he's honestly one of the most fun players to watch, I think, from this whole draft. I don't know if you guys have watched him at all, but he's got yeah. this, like, shake to his game where he's just kind of all over the place as a ball handler. He's 6'7", he's weighs about 185, so his measurables are kind of weird. But to me, when I look at him, and the reason I'm kind of – I think I might be higher on him than some others is because I look at him as a – either a big point guard off the bench or somebody who could eventually be that as a starter if things pan out well for him, or somebody who will be, you know, have good size as a two and could eventually and could probably guard threes in a lot of ways. So I think he's somebody who is raw as a prospect, but is so advanced as a passer. And by the way, very good point of attack defender. Now, he's not the most athletic guy, but he's really, really good at using his feet and, you know, has hip flexibility. Like, the dude just knows how to move around and properly use his motor. He doesn't – like, he has a little bit of a pull-up game, but the shot isn't all the way there. I like the mechanics in the sense that there, there's a – you know, there's a pull-up, there's a follow-through, but there's a little bit there that can be worked on. He's a guy who I think – he's playing for FC Barcelona, has kind of gone back and forth between their A and B teams, but hasn't been that productive. He's not, you know, necessarily leading the offense, running the offense. I just think he's shown a lot of flashes of – some pretty great and advanced skills that a team like the Heat who don't need somebody to come in right away could develop. I just don't know that he's the best option. But once you see this guy play, it's like, okay, he fits, he checks, he absolutely checks off the point of attack thing, even though, <laughs> like, maybe you first look at him, you might not think that. Uh, and I think he's just got a lot of upside to his game. Uh, it, it's just probably going to take a little bit. But, man, he's got the NBA skills and some measurables there that I think make him a really interesting player. It's funny when you. It's funny when he describes him, though. I just wanted to mention that it sounds like he's almost mentioning a guy from two years ago, uh, Luka Doncic. He's just like exp uh, describing him exactly. Um, but I don't want to be the guy that just compares every international guy to Luka Doncic. Um, yeah. We're going to hear that enough in this draft. If there's any versatile big, we're going to hear it's Bam Adebayo. Oh yeah, um, that's just the way it is. Bam is the new Draymond, and every every new movement shooter is Duncan Robinson and Joe Harris. <laughs> right, and, and and yeah. Yeah, so I just think that that is an interesting one just because it just it's it, it just describes almost exactly uh, Doncic when he's describing it. Um, so I just think that that's another another one. Just he's he's Doncic with defense, it almost sounds like. Well, the thing with Doncic is he was dominating these grown men leagues. Right. Yeah, just exactly. Getting MVPs and stuff and leading them to, to – I mean, the thing with, with Leandro Bomaro is he can't really stay on the floor and, and has kind of like – FC Barcelona hasn't wanted to keep him on the A team. And look, the one thing with him, by the way, is he, he's taking more threes now than he used to, which is why I'm a little bit higher on him, I think. And he, he's got, you know, some of them, I think he, he took like six attempts last game. Uh, I mean, not last game, last season per game. And I think the way that he takes them, some of them are pull up. Like, I think 
he's got a lot to his game. And the other guy I wanted to mention, I think he counts as a guard because he's 6'5", is uh, Nico Manning's teammate from Arizona, Josh Green. Uh, he, Like I said before, he's 6'5", but he has some crazy defensive versatility. I think he might be able to guard three, maybe four positions, depending on the type of fours yeah. you're talking about. Like, yeah, I think right. he, he's a really, really impressive defender. Uh, one of the best in his class for sure. And I think is a good enough shooter already where he projects as a 3 and D guy and probably will be for most of his career. I don't think he's got much this game uh, with the ball in his hands. But I think it's going to be somebody that slots into that role that every single team can use. And so maybe he doesn't have a high ceiling, but he is a defensive beast when it comes to versatility and being able to, you know, play team defense play team defense or one-on-one -on -one defense. And he's, he's already shot 36% on, you know, three attempts a game from three, which is pretty low volume. But at the end of the day is, I think, a pretty solid place to be starting from, especially considering that's pretty much the, the role that he's going to be, you know, pretty much operating in. And I think, you know, it's just going to be a lot more repetition when it comes to him taking three. So I think that's going to be one of the more safer picks that he can go with here, a pretty clean fit. I don't know how you guys feel about him. I, I would probably still say there's better options, but the defense to me is really, really, really impressive with Josh Green. Yeah, no, I had him listed with the wings, but you're right. I mean, right. he is he is only 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but that 6'10 wingspan, and we know that the Heat like, like sure. guys with that type of wingspan, um, he, he immediately would come in and be a good spot-up shooter and, and, and help space the floor in certain ways. So I think his versatility to switch on defense is interesting. They, uh, I think Kevin O'Connor compared him to Gary Harris, which I think was interesting. When I watched him, I saw a little bit more of like a Mikel Petrus-type player. Um, so, like, you get the 3 and D stuff right off the bat, and you can never have enough of those guys. So, like I'm that. all about that as well. Yeah, I'd say the same. I think athleticism. Um, I definitely would have mentioned him as well. I just – I figured he'd be a wing, but it's crazy because he just plays so much bigger um, than 6'5 that you just – you don't even realize. Um, but he's – like you guys mentioned, 3 and D guys, just athleticism. Um, he was pretty much a dunker in high school. He was just something that would just pretty much fly. Um, so I think he's he's just – he's, like you mentioned, a safe pick. Um, I think the three can be improved a little bit more, even though he shot it pretty well, um, which definitely would get improved. Um, and once again, he's a guy that played a role at Arizona, which I think is something that Miami likes. We kind of talked about they want a guy that has – that can just ultimately plug in. Um, and he was pretty much a, a 3 and D guy, a Jay Crowder guy that's just going to play his role and do his thing. Um, so I think that's – pretty interesting fit so so that's like a baker's dozen worth of guards that we just went through um so that that is going to be a wrap for this uh guard heavy edition of the five on the floor podcast and then we do all of this to probably see the pick traded to indiana for victor oladipo or something like that but uh thank you for joining us and uh ethan may or may not be back for the next draft episode he may be ducking out of these draft episodes actually but uh thank you have a good night thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.